empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you are joining us. And right off the bat, I just have to say welcome to the 100th episode of this podcast. How in the world this has happened, I have no idea, but my team and I, hats off to my awesome team. We've been talking for a while now about what we could do to celebrate the 100th episode of this podcast. And we went through a lot of ideas, but there was one that I always just sort of had stuck. I really wish we could just do this. With schedules and things, it didn't look like it was going to happen, but it finally has. So for the 100th episode, I am so thrilled to have back on the podcast, my special guest, Kathy Tricoli. Kathy, thank you so much for being on the podcast, not once, but a second time to celebrate our 100th episode. I cannot believe that I have the honor of being your 100th, (laughs) 100th guest. It's true. Where do I get this honor from? Well, I'll tell you, First of all, when we had you on in September of last year, it was such a phenomenal conversation and time with you. And it was one of our top podcast releases. The numbers were just through the roof. And the feedback that we got from our listeners, and some of you might have even been some that messaged us, but people were saying, That was one, there was no way I could just listen to it once. I listened to it twice. I listened to it three times. It was one of our most shared podcasts and everything that you shared, it was such an honor to have you like it is today. But I remember finishing that conversation and just already going, how soon can we get her to do this again? So it is such a joy to get to pick up this conversation with you and to celebrate this big event. Thank you for making time for this. Well, you know, just hearing that it resonated with everybody. I mean, I remember us doing the podcast, and it was just really natural and just talking like I'd known you forever, and like we're just talking over dinner. And the fact that it could be that rich and full and that people would be touched by it is just so special to me. This podcast was really birthed out of that just to be a tool to help people come into the fullness of everything that God has for them, which includes all the pockets and places of who they are. And I love that about your ministry and about your life, that you stand fully, but there's so many vibrant colors of who you are. And it's a beautiful thing I hope they're red, green, and white. I mean, they mainly are. And, and, And they have a garlic smell. There's a real... There's a real, it's it's like a fresh bread, Italian bread, and then there's a real garlic perfume mm-hmm, to um, your colors, to your red, red, green, and white. You can't, you can never take the Italian out of me. Never. I know. Never. Gosh, I'm Marissa Tomei. Yeah, you really are. My New York accent is lessened though, don't you think? Yeah, some words, it really, pow. Like when I say, Lord, Lord. Yeah. Could you just say something like, we need some godfather lines out of you, like, take the gun, leave the cannoli, leave the gun, take the cannoli. I'm going to take care of this for you. Just take it easy. Yeah. Or maybe a little forget about it. Forget about it. Right. I do have to ask you a question before we start. Now, typically on this podcast, you know, I ask the questions. I know. I I know you're the podcast director. But you are, you are Kathy Tricoli, so... 
Well, if it indeed is the hundredth episode, right? I would think that I would get something special, <laughs> like <laughs> maybe roses thrown at my feet, balloons, or a special cake. I heard that you're, you know, big giver, but <laughs> I got what the Italians call nothing. Nothing. I mean, I, I guess the answer is that the podcast budget, the writer that you sent over, you know, it was a lot. The car service and the, right, the, the special limo. water okay. and. So, but I'll the look into special in, water. I'll look into it and see what, what we can do. Okay. Last time you were on the podcast, I immediately went to the fact that we are both Italians living in Nashville, Tennessee. This is not common. It is not common. Although there are a lot more than when I moved here in the 1980s. I'm sure that's true. And I asked you about getting good Italian food in Nashville, and I loved your response. Do you remember what you told me? To drive a couple hours? No, you told me to just go to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even try. It's a lost cause. But because we're both Italian and we really, we love good food, what is an Italian dish that you make really well. Okay, I need to say that I don't cook, but when I do cook, there are just a couple of things I cook. And one is, ding, 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 I do make a mean meatball. Oh, the and classic. The, and the secret is, okay, Parmesan cheese. In the meatballs. In the meatballs, you don't put just a couple of tablespoons, you don't put a little, you know, dash here and there. Yeah. It is a solid cup of Parmesan cheese to every pound wow. of meat. That sounds amazing. That is the secret, listeners. There it is. So even if you're not Italian now, you can fake being Italian. Well, because don't you think sometimes when you eat like restaurant meatballs, it tastes like you're just eating a hamburger in a ball shape? Yes. I know. I'm saying put the Parmesan in the meat. It makes it a meatball. It makes it a meatball. And there you go. And there you go. I love how you say, it makes it a meatball. <laughs> like it's one word. It makes it a meatball. I'm going to see if I can use that in a sentence in this podcast later, later on. When we had you on the podcast, you dipped into, and that was a series that we did on box breakers. Mm -hmm. And the depth of the conversation of that, and I'm thinking of so much of the feedback that we got from people going, okay, I knew Kathy Tricoli as the singer, go light your world, on and on and on. But that conversation, that woman is running in a depth that I just want to hear more of. And what came out in that conversation in really what highlighted you as a box breaker is here you are in the Christian music industry that is right at the time of taking off into a new level of success like Christian music has never known. You are in the epicenter of it, and you are entirely different from everyone else, and you have continued to stay true to who you are. And what resonated in the things that you shared was your commitment to live a life of realness, with God and honesty with God so that you could stand up and do what you do and have a real life flow of God coming out of you. And we have had conversations about, you know, what that road takes and what that's like. One of your quotes, and then I'm going to ask you to speak to that, and I'm paraphrasing, that walking the narrow road doesn't have to mean living a narrow life. So this picture that you presented of not living a narrow life, but living in truth, I think that's something everyone is trying to figure out. 
what does that look like? How, how do I do that? So would you just speak to that? What opened that up for you? How you do that? And what has that been like for you? Because I think that's really going to open some things wide open. Well, I did come up with that. The narrow road is not the narrow life. First, I want to address, though, you saying you've lived honestly and real before God. Yeah. I want to say in honor of all of heaven listening in and your audience, I haven't always wanted to be honest with God. I haven't always lived my best life before him. So I want to say, I don't care how, quote, holy you are, close to God you are. Every day it's a choice on what side I'm going to look out from. Yeah. Where I'm going to lean to. Mm-hmm. I think the first part of my Christianity, I was in. Okay, I love God. Right. I'm going to go to heaven. And I really was. I did fall in love with Jesus. But I think it's one thing to follow the Lord and be involved with church or do Bible studies or go through all of that. And it's another thing to go, okay, I'm going to be crucified with Christ. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow him. Mm-hmm. I must become less. He must become more. That's a whole different life. So So I knew I wanted to be Christian. I'm not sure I wanted to be holy. Mm, That's really good. Because it didn't seem attractive to me. What I began to see, and the Lord is so patient, is that my ways and my judgment and my going through different relationships and choices always had a consequence to them that wasn't necessarily so great. Mm. I still felt sort of bound. I wasn't enjoying the fruit of the things that the word talks about. Yeah. Why aren't I feeling that peace? Why don't I sense that joy? Why don't I feel like I could just pray for somebody boldly and powerfully in the moment? Mm. And I started to look at my life and it was just a little sloppy and messy and, Mm. you know, yeah, I'll have enough of Kathy Tricoli and enough of God to make through life. And so I started looking at what does it mean to have John 10, 10 in my real life. Not just a scripture on a page. More of life and a better life than I've ever dreamed of. Right. So I started looking at the verse, his boundaries fall from me in pleasant places. Mm. I think a lot of times when it comes to our senses and pleasures and the flesh, we want to get as close to the line as we can for the moment's pleasure. And that doesn't just necessarily have to mean sexual, although we obviously deal with tons of sexual sin and sexual things Mm -hmm. in our culture even today. It just means matter of the heart. It means character. Right. And so so we're free to do a lot of things as Christians. Yeah. Can we gossip? Can we lie? Can we be self-centered? Can we be selfish? Can we abuse? We can. I mean, the lightning's not going to come down and strike you dead. Right. But I started to look at his boundaries fall in pleasant places. He wants us to live, when he talks about the narrow road, that's where all the riches of John 10, 10 are. That's all the riches of where you're going to get your character from. You don't try to ride the line, but you really purpose to stay in that narrow road. It's like, Jen, is a fish free to swim? Mm -hmm. Of course. Sure. But is it free to fly? Right. A monkey is free to climb the trees, but is it free to swim? Right. If we could think of that on spiritual terms Mm -hmm. and stay within the boundaries of where God wants us to, Mm -hmm. we will be the best us this side of heaven. That's so good. Than we ever could imagine. Right. 
So that's where when I'm talking about the big life, I'm not talking about, and you may, you may get your Mercedes and your big house and your career and your million dollars, but that's not going to go with you on the way to the cemetery. Right. The big life, the real life, the good life, the holy life is character. Yeah. And so I started through the Holy Spirit seeing how bankrupt I was of the character. Mm. I had the career. I have the gift of the voice. Right. I have a little charismata. I could get on stage. I had the friends. You can make the meatballs. I can make the meatballs. Right. With the Parmesan. With the Parmesan. But my prayer started being, Lord, make me what you've made me. Which I would think then introduced a lot of change because you're inviting him into moments where maybe you are choosing one thing and now he's going, okay, but you said. So then you've got to change those choices to move toward. Yeah. All of those are choices where the rubber hits the road, right? Where it goes beyond the prayer to. Yeah, and that's where people, including myself, that's why people stay where there are sometimes. Because right. who wants to pay attention that much to your actions and your heart and your... Right. But I tell you, if you ask the Holy Spirit to do it... Yeah. I mean, I had, Jen, more owies in the next couple of months. Yeah. It was like, yeah. ugh, but you're see, disgusting, Tricoli. And this is what I really wanted you to say to that, because a lot of times we hear that and we all go, oh, I aspire, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to live in the pleasant places where his boundaries fall. But then there's a lot of choices that are going to come on the other side of that. And my point is, you're going to miss the mark. Yes. You're going to miss the mark. You're going to have bumps and alleys. You can't. And you still you still will. But it's it's asking the Holy Spirit. And it could be a little thing. Right. I could be on the phone with a friend and going, you'll never believe what happened to so-and-so the other day. Yeah. And I'm going inside. I get that check. The Holy Spirit going... Do you really need to tell them about that? <laughs> and what so good is good. that going to do? That's it's just so going to puff you up, right. make that other person look bad, and make you kind of feel like you have the in the know for this friend. Yeah, That's just a little thing. Yeah. But that's what he starts dealing with, and then you start to see, so good. you know, there's a lot of debris. There's a lot of pollution. It's like, talk about the river of life in us. It's mm. so much we're splashing stuff on people from our own yeah. It's not pure. And as you take that step on the narrow road, it becomes more natural mm -hmm. to hear his voice over the noise. Yeah. And see where he is. Yeah. And so you can navigate. The That's thing that um I started to realize was also, and I call them IVs. We have IVs in our arms, in our abdomen, in our chest. And what I mean by that is things that prop us up through life. Yes. That even though we say we're sold out to God, we we're so, to. well, we're so buoyed up from them. Yeah. We don't know if we're abandoned or not. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I started to kind of look at myself in a different way, I saw that I was just addicted to, when I say addicted, that's maybe a strong word, but it might be the affirmation of some people in my life or some soul ties I had with some people that, and what I mean by buffering up is, the IV, what an IV does is it keeps, and if your listeners could see me now, my two hands pressing down my chest towards my bottom of my stomach. It keeps everything pressed down. Yeah. When you take the IVs out, all that stuff that's stuck down starts to come up. 
Mm. And then you have to deal with it. Yeah. You could have your IV as a best friend. Your IV is your prestige. Your IV is your husband. Your IV is your kids. My life is about my kids. Well, where is that in the gospel? Mm. We get love all distorted. And I think if we start looking at what are those places, Lord, where I have the IV in my arm. Yeah. And if you took it out, I would have to deal with this stuff. Mm. And so I started looking at that stuff. What is it, Lord, that's booing me? Mm-hmm. that's not making me abandoned to you. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And so I started to do that. And I would imagine that that wasn't an overnight process. It's lifelong. Yeah. Because we are innately made to worship. Yeah. And if we don't worship him, we're going to worship something else. Right. And that's why you'll see, you could take people from any walk of life and you could spend a week with them and you'll see what they're worshiping. That's so true. Or just turn on the radio. You can see it in all of our culture. You can hear it in music. You can hear it in what people are saying. What you're saying takes me back to the simple statement of Jesus. And sometimes I know myself, I think of that statement and I wonder if I've missed in the past what a monumental life protocol Jesus was laying out when he just said, the Father is seeking for those to worship him. I really take that to live their life out of spirit, which is what you're speaking to, leaning that way, and truth. And in our Christianity and in Christian culture, I think sometimes we know how to create spirit, but the truth part takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of hard work. But I'm telling you. But you're you, saying that's you make, where the gold is. That's where the gold is. And it takes time. It's like being patient to learn, mm. to hear the voice of God, mm-hmm. and to really bow. Yeah. And to humble yourself. There's a, a woman, I honestly don't know where she is now. Her name's Jill Briscoe. Mm. I've gotten to share the stage with a lot of magnificent people in Christendom and a lot of speakers. There was something about this woman that attracted me, her elegance and her countenance and her spirit. We were doing an event years and years ago. I was in my 30s, I think, and we were sitting on the front row at an event, and we were both waiting to go on. She just whispered to me, so, Kathy, tell me what God is speaking to you lately. And Jen, I just, you know, just right there, you're you on know, the front just row. Front row. Of event. Yeah, and it's, you know, I don't know if they're doing worship or doing announcements. I don't really remember, but it was enough. She would never be rude. Right. But it was one of those leaning towards me. Deep question. And it was sweet coming from her. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel put upon or that Christianese or, no. oh, she's trying to be spiritual. Like, I really wanted to answer her. It was genuine. It was genuine. So I start doing my thing, Jen, like, okay, I'm going to tell her where I'm at. Right. Well, he's da 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 da. I think I need to. because I trusted her and liked her and I think I just wanted her to get a rich answer Mm -hmm. and so of course I turned it back to her and I said Jill what is God showing you Mm. and she said (laughs) I'm gonna cry but she said I must become less wow and I thought Tricoli you're using all these words yeah and she spoke volumes just by saying I must become less Mm. four words and you know we are in a culture in a time nowadays and you know of course everybody talks about the computers and phones getting our attention right I'm not going to bore everyone with that right I think it's so true it's ridiculous if we mention again yeah but I do believe even without them we are so preoccupied with stuff 
And if we could just look at those four words she said to me, and it is scripture, he must become greater, I must become less. There's the gold again. It's like the gold with Jesus is always simple and profound. Right. It's not, you know, if you go here and you do this and you go up the road, you stop at that light, you turn right, and then you go another three miles and you turn left again, go over the mountain, down the hill. I mean, most of the things that Jesus taught us are simple yet profound. Mm. And if we could allow him to teach us and do that in us, mm-hmm. we'll get the gold. We'll get the gold. In this journey, and I know you said that's a lifelong journey, but in the progress that you have clearly made in this journey with him thus far, have you been amazed at the revelation or the realness of his patience and his mercy with you and walking that out? And the reason I ask that is because I know that I have dealt with this and being in ministry I know this is common, that as Christians, after you get through that initial salvation experience, it can be so easy to default into a when you see something that needs to change, you go, I just need to pull myself up by the spiritual bootstraps and figure this out. And so what happens is our walk or our Christianity becomes behavior modification. Yeah, the Bible becomes a how-to Right, in trying to just do the right thing all the time instead of the exchange of his strength for my weakness, his grace for what I need, and relationship, which puts us encountering his patience and his mercy every single day. And I think sometimes when we get out of the behavior modification and we get over into that, it's almost shocking at the expansiveness. Did you have moments like that when you just went, Oh my word, really? You're you're right here with me. You're going to walk this out with me? Yes. Well, I suffered with bulimia for many years mm. and some depression. And I often say this, and it's not just me being a person that got on stage. Our gifts could be intact, but we could be a mess. That's so true. And who you... For all of us. For all of us. Yeah. I think sometimes we much rather stay in comfortability and mediocrity. We don't want to deal with what will be uncovered. And we don't want to deal with the tension of if we change, what will happen with the people around us? Mm. And it's too much for us to go, I'm going to have to walk through the tension of what my friends, my family, all of that. So we close the gate to the new path. And we go, I think I'd rather stay here. Or two. That's really good. Because you can make that choice and no one knows you've made that but you and God. That's right. No one knows that you've decided to settle. Well, and when you're closing that gate, you're just imprisoning yourself. You think you're keeping yourself free from all of it, but the prison becomes smaller, the stench becomes more, everything starts rotting around you. I don't mean to be drastic, but if people are listening and they're there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is we're afraid of what will be uncovered. In other words, when I was bulimic, I never abused vomiting. I abused uh, laxatives. I was just a mess and sick. I mean, spirit and body. I finally went to counseling because of some friends just challenging me because my -hmm. stomach was hurting. and, And I was a Christian artist. Right. It was early. But I think for me, and I think your listeners can relate to this. I just was like, I mean, I know there's a reason why I'm doing this, but I'm not sure I want to look at it. Mm. And what I have found is, and I'm completely set free of 
yeah. bulimia, the addiction, just all the things that go with it. I mean, if somebody asks me to go to eat later, I'm not thinking of, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? How am I going to get rid of it? All the tension that goes with anorexia or bulimia. And that's where you lived. That's before. where I lived. Yeah. I lived. It was awful. But I think what we have to realize is, and again, it's continuing to get to know the person of Christ and reading about him and looking at how he conducted himself in different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And also, when you spend time with him and you hear that precious, powerful, yet tender voice, mm -hmm. you start feeling less scared of anything that comes to the surface. That's so good. I know that him and I could deal with it together. So to give a visual, I think there's a lot of, especially women, who have allowed him in their house, in their living room, in their kitchen, you know, the bedrooms and whatever mm -hmm. analogy you want to talk about a house. But to really go where the stuff is hidden in the attic or in the basement. Mm. Where we shove everything. Surely I, I don't want to look at that. Mm. I mean, let alone expose it to God. I don't want to look at it. Mm. But I have found in my own life, if I could just get with that stuff, and have him so close that I could feel him breathing as I'm shaking to open it up. He'll speak to it mm. and not speak to it ever in a condemning, harsh. I mean, and there's nothing that's going to make him, I'll use the fall off his throne. He's not going to go, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe you did that. I can't believe that was done to you. I'm. You're telling me this now? Now you, I mean, it's all right. He knew it before it happened. That's so true. So what I have found is that whole scripture of the burden being light, his gentleness and the easiness, and what happens is you start to go, there is absolutely nothing that I have to hold back from him. Mm. And then when I expose it, him and I deal with it together. So because good. what I have found is he doesn't immediately go find the solution for you. Right. He sits there with you with your stuff and weeps with you. The Bible says there is nothing that we have gone through in this life yeah. that he doesn't understand. Yeah. And some women have said to me, well, what about, was he sexually abused? Was he abused? Where, where is that in the scripture? Well, you know, I mean, I can't go through every single thing that we've gone through. Mm -hmm. But if you don't think he felt abused, we have the Hollywood version of Jesus, but if you don't think parts of his body were hanging out on that cross right. when he was whipped and beaten, right. you don't think that he felt naked, yeah. absolutely raw, right. and mocked. And so there's an element of the enemy of our soul wants you to go, surely he doesn't understand this. Mm -hmm. And yet he does. Yeah. And he gets you through it. And he did with me too. And I saw myself not wanting to address things about my mother or father or because mm -hmm. you go, oh, I don't know, you know, you kind of, I don't want to go there. I don't, they were good. They were, you got to get to the stuff. Yeah. It's got to come up and out and let that river of life come in those places where all that stuff is. That's so good. This year that we're in, in releasing this episode and the time of this podcast, we've all just come through a year like no other of a pandemic shutdown. Some people more time on their hands. But regardless, everybody going through an incredible amount of change and stressful situations at one time. And what I have heard is that it's almost caused a push on those IVs, as you're describing them, and a push on all the stuff, whatever is buried down there deep. It's pushed on that. People's stuff 
the issues or the symptoms are flaring louder and wider than they ever have just because of the time that we're living in. And that's saved, unsaved across the board. So what you're talking about is so timely for this moment that we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I set that up not to paint a bleak picture, but to say that when we look at the time we're in, based on what you're talking about, Kathy, this is really serving us a monumental moment for real transformation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To go from, and as we're kind of winding up, I want to ask you to speak to this because I know you have great insight on this, but to make this a time of literally going, and not just a cliche phrase, from strength to strength, from one place of faith to a new place of faith, from glory to glory. This could really be a time like that and not just a, this is the most stressful time of my life. Well, and absolutely. And as you're saying that, we've been, a lot of us, I mean, we're coming out of it, but we've been housebound. Mm -hmm. And I really want to address, yes, I think that the COVID season has, you might not have called it the IVs that you're addressing, but it has definitely addressed them. Right. But I think because of being housebound, and of course, I mean, I'm single and I'm in the house by myself and all that, but I want to address the outside of when you're trying to do this transformation, mm -hmm. you're already going to have to have the unction and pray for, let me see this through, Lord. Right. But then you're going to have the outside people, you know, it's hard for me to say this, but it's so true that even the people that love us the most sometimes don't want us to take the IVs out. True. They like us where we are because what does it do? It serves them well. Right. Our brokenness serves them well. Mm, that's really good. And so what happens is we start doing life out of brokenness instead of wholeness. Mm. We love out of brokenness instead of wholeness, and it's called love. Mm -hmm. We serve people out of brokenness instead of wholeness, and it's mm -hmm. like she's a great servant. Right. But you always have to look at the bottom line is what's underneath that. Yeah. If we took the IV out, what is going to come up? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I just wanted to add that during really the season good. where we've obviously had to look at stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that have come out of COVID that have not changed one bit. Right. It's like, let's just go back to life as it was. I think I told you this, Jen. I've done many, many, many women's conferences, and I've had women that will wait online to talk to me that I've met before, maybe three, four, five times before. Mm. How are you doing? Right. Well, you know, and it's the same exact place as when I saw them a year ago or two years ago. Mm -hmm. You can't thrive when you're just getting the shot in the arm from the concert or the conference and right. talking to me online and I give you a little buffer. Right. Or I don't care how many Bible studies you do. Mm -hmm. If it's not affecting your very core and your character, right. what good is it? Right. And there's no change. There's no change. And there's no change. Yeah, there's just got to be something about doing what is necessary. And sometimes, like you're saying, people in our world aren't going to like it. But there are necessary endings of cycles in life, sometimes of relationships in life, but certainly things that need to shift on the inside of us. And it can feel painful and it can seem painful to other people, but God's really in it. It almost forces people, I'm not talking about the person that God is saying, take the IV out the people that are preventing it, it makes them have to look at themselves. Yeah. There's change that's going to be involved across the board. Yeah. 
That's right. Because I'm no longer going to cower. I'm no longer going to meet your every need. I'm going to say this different. I'm going to do this different. Right. And so what I have found, I've just seen it personally, a woman or man starts to do that. They get the pushback and then they go back to Egypt. Mm. They never get to the promised land because it's too much. Right. And I'm saying to your listeners, if you could live with the tension, yeah, it will get you into the promised land. You will be free. And there's no price for spiritual freedom. That's right. God wants that Yeah. for you. That's so good. I was just reading the other morning in Psalms 36 and talking about getting rid of the IVs. And the psalmist David wrote, There is a river whose streams make glad the people of God. Yes. And that, it's not what's in the IV or whatever that is. And I love that analogy that you made. But there really is a river of life that is life-giving, that brings life, it's worth living for. But don't you feel, Jen, that most of the people, and again, I've met thousands upon thousands of Christian people in my lifetime, I know the ones that I've let God have at them. Right. I know the ones that have opened their guts and their heart, their spirit wide, have at me. Yeah. They are by far the most beautiful, richest Mm -hmm. people I've ever met. I know it in my knower. I want to sit with them. I want them to pray over me. They're shade for me. They're that kind of, you know, the tree planted by streams of water. It's like when you see them, if you just need an apple, they know that you just need an apple. They're not shoving a bunch of bananas in your face. Right. They just could give you the fruit Yeah. from their tree. Yeah. And you could just pick. Yeah. Because they're flourishing. They're flourishing. Their character is fruitful. Right. This culture is just so about the flesh and, you know, beauty and, you know, go find Servant Magazine on the stands. I mean, you <laughs> I mean, it's not, that's not where people are going. Right. It's all about that. And yeah. It's anti the gospel. I think there's a beautiful tapestry that God is weaving in all this transformation. And one of the things that seems to come out on the other side of that is we find ourselves opening up new pockets and places on the inside of us that either we didn't know were there or we were scared to know were there, where we just didn't think there was that much to us. You're right. I have found that a consistent thread of emotion that women may feel is, do I matter? Mm. I can feel insignificant. And I was born in Brooklyn, New York. We lived on top of my grandma Esposito's house, my mother's mother. I don't have very many memories of that. Mm -hmm. We moved out to Long Island, about 50 miles away from Brooklyn, more towards the east end of Long Island, and was brought up two miles from the ocean. I have very few memories, but I have a beautiful memory of my grandma Esposito's house. And if people can picture Brooklyn, and I think you can stereotypically, the houses are close. They're brick, two-story or three-story. They share the concrete driveway, and then the concrete goes all the way into the back. Right. And then goes into their garages. Right. If they have any bit of property that's dirt, it's very small. Right. Thin, 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 lined with maybe some kind of blocks of brick. There might be flowers there. Or the Italians would do the basil and the tomatoes. Right. My grandmother had a peach tree. Hmm. And this peach tree wasn't like a little peach tree. This peach tree was like you would see in abundance. It was huge. You would see it where 
peach trees grow, not in Brooklyn. Right. It went over the fence of the person on the left. Wow. It went over the top of the garage. Wow. And it was probably in a span of three feet of dirt. So much so that the trunk was breaking through the concrete. The concrete. So this is like a Georgia peach tree in the middle of Brooklyn. Yes. I love it. I'm glad you're smarter than me. I was looking for a comparison. Georgia. There you That's go. That's why you do the podcast. There you I'm go. the guest. <laughs> and I have memories. I mean, it was the talk of the neighborhood. The People peach enjoyed. tree. It was in Brooklyn. Right. In in a small piece of property in the cement. And yeah, that's crazy. She'd get on a ladder and she'd put the bushels and we'd put the peaches in them. And I, I have like it. beautiful memories of that. And yeah. so it was funny because we used to take them inside and she'd have all these mason jars lined up. And she'd cut the peaches in quarters. She'd stuff them in the jars and then she'd pour wine in mm-hmm. and seal them and put them in this cabinet. Yeah. And they would stay there for a really long time. You know, I think about it now, like when I first moved to Nashville, like they were talking about the peach pie and the peach marmalade. And I would tell the story of my memory of peaches is she finally took them out of the cabinets, those mason jars. Yeah. But there would be a bunch of Italians coming over. They would eat the peaches. And all I remember was that everybody was laughing and everybody felt really good <laughs> from the peach tree, right, right. From, from the peaches in the mason jar. But but the bigger thing I wanted to say was, I want to speak so tenderly to your listeners in saying that God is not necessarily ever impressed by what we do, but by who we become. Mm-hmm. And we're in, in this task of, I got to do, I got to be, you know, and he's always how much of the life of my son is being birthed in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so the peach tree to me is one of the most beautiful stories in my life because that peach tree against all odds in Brooklyn, New York, grew and blossomed and was a delight to everyone Mm. who saw it and enjoyed the beauty of it, the uniqueness of it. It was such a representation of what God cares about because I want to say to you, no matter where you're at, it's all about the manifestation of Christ in your heart. So if you're a teacher, you show the classroom what Jesus looks like teaching. Mm. If you're a cashier at a supermarket, you show the people what Jesus looks like as he's checking people out right. with their groceries. Yeah. If you're a stay-at-home mom, with all the tasks you have at hand, it could be a smile, it could be whatever it is you show those kids, what Jesus looks like. That's right. And I think we lose our way because this life is so about performance. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, I want you to become. That's what matters to me. Yeah. And I have met people in my life that on the scale of what they do next to the other woman who may be in a prestigious position, Mm. the absolute treasure that's in the character and spirit of a woman that's doing a far less job of success quote of what the world deems success right is much more rich right than the rich woman of the world that's so good i love that statement you made everybody looks at how you perform but jesus is looking at what you are going to become it's so beautiful you know i am thinking back to the end of our last podcast with you and i had gone back recently and listened to it getting ready to have you on today 
And at the end of that podcast, I said to you, I feel like you have just mentored our hearts today. And it was one of the reasons why I was immediately like, could we have her on again? But especially talking about doing just a special time, a hundredth episode. But you have so done that today and mentored our hearts. And it's just another level. There's so many good things that can be said. I mean, we could do a whole podcast and just go, Kathy Tricoli, tell us stories about what you've experienced and what you've been in the middle of. And we'd all love it. It would be so great to hear about. You could so easily do that and wow us all. But to choose to sit back and go, let me tell you any depth that I have, any deep calling to deep that's in me, this is what it's required. This is what it's taken. And that's just another level. I think of when Paul wrote and he said, you know, you have a lot of instructors in the faith, but you don't have a lot that will really speak to your heart. He called them fathers. And it's just another level of conversation that you've been willing to have with us. And I'm so grateful for this time with you and for your voice that you're willing to not just be known as this voice, but to take your voice now and speak out of the treasures of your life. I think more than ever, people want a realness and an authenticity and a look me in the eye and speak to me. And I'm talking to you as someone who came into the church and I was singing right away and singing in all different denominations and very confused. Yeah. And the Lord, thank God, told me from the beginning, just look at my son, keep looking at my son, keep looking at my son. Mm. He's the barometer. Yeah. But I just pray for us as believers that when we do some of that looking into ourselves and coming to grips with some things, that's the time we can just, it's not hard for us to be authentic and real. Right. We don't have to pick up the mask of the day. Yeah. It just flows out. That's a great way to say that. And I long for that. I'm thirsty for it. Mm -hmm. When someone just starts talking to me Mm -hmm. and I believe them, yeah. I want to buy them something. I want to give them something. I'm just so glad for the authenticity. Yeah. And I wish we could get back to that. Well, you have so spoken to that. It's funny because when I was getting ready earlier today for this time, I thought about another songstress in the Old Testament, and it was Deborah. Mm. And there's a passion in her words, but there's the song of Deborah. In Judges, and there's a translation that says it this way. There's a verse in the Song of Deborah, and it says, Until I, a mother in Israel, arose, the high roads were abandoned, and people were having to take the long way around. And I think of your words today, and not just today, but the words that you're so generous with, and you are truly one of those that are rising up, and because of your words and because of your walk, People are seeing the high road, and we're able to get to it, and we don't have to take the long way around. Mm, that's, oh my gosh. And Thank you for those words. And we're just so, so grateful. Thank you so much for who you are, but thank you for doing this today and sharing with us. I know this is going to help so many. Do I get a prize now for the 100th episode? You do. It's a loaf of is bread. It coming? Is it coming now? You yes. really just were waiting to the end? I am. It's a loaf of bread. Is it a trip to Disney? It's a truck full of meatballs. And there's loads of Parmesan. So much Parmesan. Before I let you eat that, in all seriousness, could I ask you to just close? I can't imagine closing this conversation out 
and not having you pray okay. over our listeners. Would you do that? Yes. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've been here in our midst, that we just call on you and you will absolutely show up with the goods better in heaven. I pray for every listener. I pray that there will be a new day, a new way, a different road, an unction and a courage and a fervor and a passion for transition to leave someplace, to get to someplace new that's glorious, to leap onto, to find that narrow road, to travel to whatever needs to be done to get on that narrow road. That's the glorious road that leads to a big life, a big Jesus-filled life. Mm. I pray that for every listener in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying that. All of you that are listening, it's such a joy to have you as part of this podcast journey and to be a part of yours. And I trust that this has spoken to your heart. I have a feeling you're all thinking what I'm thinking. This one is going to take a second pass. You're going to need to hear it again. But I want to encourage you to share it with others too. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And there is a share button right next to this episode. Feel free to text it, email it to a friend. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. We release these every month, and that way you'll be notified when a new one is released. Kathy Tricoli, thank you thank for you. being on the 100th Woohoo! I'm giving, I'm giving myself a standing ovation. As you should, <laughs> as we are too. Hey, what a great 100th episode. Two Italians. We covered peach Tringali Tricoli. Tringali Tricoli. You always get broccoli. I always got triangle, right? Right. Yeah. Triangle and, and broccoli. And yet, neither one of us are offended. Look at that. I'm offended. Okay, she's <laughs> well, That's another episode altogether. Gotta get back on the narrow road. <laughs> right. Hey, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.